Thank you, Jesus. How many are ready for the word this morning? Amen. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, and as you're turning there, let's pray. Father, we do commit the rest of this time into your hands. We believe, Lord God, that the Spirit of God is upon us for me to preach and teach the word for these people to receive the word. We believe, Lord God. I believe right now that their hearts are fertile ground for the seed and water of the word. We look to you, Father God, now to bring the increase in their lives as they step out to do what they're going to learn this day. And glory to God, I believe it. I believe that as a result of being doers, we shall be blessed because you said it in your word. We praise you and thank you for this now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Ephesians 5.18 says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Or as we've seen in this study, that means to be being filled. Friends, it's got to be a lifestyle for us as Christians. A lifestyle of being filled with the Spirit. And so we've begun a new series in here we've titled, Be Being Filled. Simple enough, right? Now I want to say this as clearly as I can say this. Being filled with the Spirit is the will of God for every single Christian walking the face of this planet right now, including you and me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In fact... Look at the verse right before Ephesians 5.18, which would be Ephesians 5. Ron, you are on it today, brother. Ephesians 5.17. Look what the word says here. Therefore, do not be unwise. How many know that's good advice? But understand what the will of the Lord is. How many believe that our good and loving God wants us to know what his will is for our lives? Both in a general sense and on an individual basis. Do you believe that is his will for you to know what his will is? Amen. But you know that there are people out there who, who, who want you to believe that somehow God is hiding his will from you. And you may somehow come upon it, stumble upon it. But the likelihood of that happening just isn't going to come to pass. Do you believe that if God was hiding it from us, anybody would ever find out what it is? That's stupidity gone to seed. I, you know, I'm, according to this verse, it is unwise not to understand what his will is for our lives. It is unwise not to understand what his will is for our lives. I, you know, I, contrary to what those people might believe, I believe God wants you to know what it is. I believe he has a, a, a general will, which is right here, the Bible, the will of God, Amen. But he also has a specific will for each one of you. Everybody in here has a will designed just for you. A plan, a purpose designed just for you. And you, if you really want to know what it is, are going to have to become, uh, uh, you're going to have to spend quality time in his presence. You're going to have to get alone with God. You know, it kind of, in a way, sometimes, I, I, it, it's kind of, what's the word I'm looking for you, Lord? It's, it's, I don't want to say troubling, but it's, 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 I think it's just the nature of where we're living. I mean, the time we're living in. You know, everybody likes things to happen fast. You got the drive through fast. Get your food fast. Get your food. I mean, we were just sitting there the other day. We went to get Taco Bell. And the person in front of us, Bill, what's up? Why are they taking so long? What's going on here? 
I wanted to get my food fast. I was ready to go home. And that's just, that seeped into the church. And so many people, and I see this as a youth minister, where young people are concerned, you tell them, God wants you to know what his will is for your life. He has a plan designed just for you, but it's going to take you spending quality time in his presence. Oh, man. You mean I got to spend an hour praying and seeking God? I got to, and I got to do that on a daily basis? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That like that's some kind of hardship or drudgery to have to go into the presence of Almighty God and fellowship with Him? And yet, how many people struggle with finding out what God's will is for their lives? They'll come to us. They'll talk to us. I just don't know what God wants me to do with my life. Well, I'm going to tell you a little secret here. The likelihood of the Spirit of God coming upon me and, the, and then speaking a word to you, telling you what you're supposed to do with your life, is slim to none. Did you hear what I just said? And I'm not saying that in a lack of faith. I'm saying that because the Bible tells me God will reveal it to you. God wants to reveal it to you. God wants you to get that revelation. Because, see, if I say what you're supposed to do, and you go out and there's a challenge there, you're going to say, well, Pastor Dan told me, I don't, I, this can't be what I'm supposed to be doing. See how I'm saying that? But that's where, if you really want to know what his will is for your life, on an individual basis, you're following what I'm saying now, you're going to have to say, God, I'm going to make time for you. I'm going to make time for you. I'm going to get up either early in the morning or I'm going to stay up late at night. And I'm going to turn off the television. And I'm going to turn off all the distractions. I'm going to turn off my cell phone. And I'm going to get alone with you. And I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to have intimacy with you. And when I have this intimacy with you, I believe I'm going to get impregnated with that vision. With what you called me to do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And then, listen, you know what usually happens then if you're serious about it? And, and, and God begins to reveal it to you? Especially if it's going to take a big step of faith. God will then use a man or woman of God to confirm it in your life. I've said it to you before. When Pastor Joan and me stepped out to start this church... We spent quality, we knew we were supposed to start a church. We got it in our hearts to start a church in the Northwest of the United States. How many know the Northwest is a big place? And, and, and so, first of all, before we even got there, we, we, we started to pray it out. We had never even thought about becoming a senior pastor. I was going to be the Tony Cook of, uh, of Missoula Bible Church. That was my attitude. I was going to be the best assistant pastor I could possibly be for Pastor Jim Overball. I was going to be the best youth minister I could possibly be for Pastor Jim Overball. That was my heart. Never even gave it a thought about becoming a senior pastor. But then when God began to speak to me, I shared it with her. We began to pray about it. And we began to get, began to get stirred up in our hearts. And then we went down to Texas shortly after this. And when we went down to Texas, didn't say anything to anybody. But when we were down there, uh, a, 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 a woman of God began to prophesy over us. And she spoke to our hearts and said, within a, uh, 
Six months to a year, you'll be pastoring your own church. What was that? Confirmation of what God had already shown us and revealed to us. And then, and then when we, we, you know, again, we get back to the big Northwest. We're praying it out. I'm praying it out. I'm saying, you know, I'm going, God, I, I don't think you want me to go somewhere that's going to, you know, conflict with other churches of like precious faith. You know, I'm thinking of Rhema churches. I don't think you want me to go, you know, down, be it down the street from another Rhema church. So, you know, I have that kind of thinking in my mind. But the bottom line was, as I'm praying it out, we're praying in the spirit. We're believing him to reveal it to our hearts. And when I woke up in the middle of the night and Bozeman rose up in my heart, I knew nothing about Bozeman except for the uh, cat, Bobcats were here. And I didn't like the Bobcats because at that point in time, I was a Grizzly fan. And so, I, I mean, I'm like, well, I, I, I didn't know if there was any Rhema churches here. I didn't know anything about it. But we started to pray it out. And as we kept praying it out, we started to get this confirmation. So we decided to come over here. I don't know why I'm off on this, but I am. We decided to come over here. And when we came over here to spy out the land, I remember driving around. And we saw some of the bigger churches in town. And we're looking at all these big churches. And boy, the devil's just hitting me. Well, you don't need to come over here. You don't need to be a part. Of, you know, they already got churches over here. You don't need to be a blah, blah, blah. All this junk just spewing it out of spewing it, you know, it just hit me with it. And so, I, and I, I know you've heard this before, but it goes along with what I'm preaching. So just kind of act like you're enjoying it. So, so I, I mean, I remember I dropped her off at old Chicago. She went in and I went to park the car. And I'm just dealing with these thoughts. And all of a sudden, God spoke to my heart in an instant. He spoke to my heart and said, you can either put your eyes on the giants in the land, or you can keep your eyes on what I've spoken to your heart. And I, I just began to cry. Because it was a confirmation from God that we were where we're supposed to be. And when I went into Chicago, oh, Chicago, so I remember where we were sitting. Sat at a table, I shared it with her, and we both were crying in this restaurant. People coming up, what can we get you? I don't care, just bring me some water. Does God want you to know what his will is? Does God want you to know? I mean, yes, we've got his Bible to give us the general will of God. But he wants you to know what his will is for you on an individual basis. Don't go through life just kind of hit and missing it. Take time. Oh, that's the, tr- that's, that's the big, that's the key right there. Everybody say time. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. On a daily basis for a week, write down what you do throughout your day. Now, if you go to work, you don't have to get specific. I'm at, you know, work from this time to this time. But then write down what you do. I get up in the morning at such and such time. I get myself together. I go to work. I come home from work. I sit down before the TV for six hours. Or I'm, I'm just whatever it is. But I want you to begin to see how much time you have that you could be spending it with God instead of in front of the TV or other things that are distracting you. Somebody like smiling big, somebody like nine hair, somebody like, oh, Pastor Dan, you shut up, man. I like watching my television. I cannot, exp- I, I, we like watching television, we watch shows together. That's what we, we get our little shows. She watches some really Wonderful shows. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the show Anne with an E? 
Oh, dear Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to watch it with her. <laughs> I started calling her Joan with an E. Her middle name's Elizabeth. Anyway. But just, do you really want to know this? Do you really want to know what his will is for your life? I know what God has for me isn't just this. I'm thankful for this. And I'm not saying I'm leaving this. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's other things. I know my wife has gotten something else. It's called the Buzz Coffee Bar. Amen. That's part of this vision. But still, he spoke that to her. She came to me, me, talking to me about it. It wasn't like something coming to me. I'm saying to her, well, that's your baby. I'll support you. I'll believe with you. I'll do things, you know, that I'm able to. And, but the bottom line is, this is her baby. But I have come alongside of her now. And I've been endeavoring to pray it out with her, believing with her for it. Amen. But I know that God has other things for me to do. And I'm looking forward to these things now more than ever. Because, see, God isn't going to ask you to do something Unless you are willing to do it. Now, I understand how I'm saying that. Because I, I don't even know if I said that right. Help, help me, Lord. God will not. Oh, that's right. That's what I'm trying to say. God will not show you what your, the next step until you first take the first step. See how I'm saying that? You've got to be faithful to do what God's leading you to do. It might seem like it's the, the most baby of baby steps. Get up earlier, 30 minutes earlier in your day. Spend it with me. It's a baby step. But when you take that step of faith, that's when God shows you your next step. And then that's when God shows you your next step. And your next step and your next step. Everybody follow how I'm saying that? It's so important that we be found faithful to do what God is asking us to do. And I cannot express to you, there is nothing more exciting than fulfilling God's destiny for your life. Amen. Every one of you has a big plan designed by God for you. Well, I sure am on this a lot today. I had about that much of my notes that I was going to talk about this. But you can see God wants me on this for a reason. You have a, 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 a destiny. Everybody say destiny. See, a lot of times people, when you hear people talk or ministers talk about destiny and plans and purposes of God and everything else, a lot of people think, that's for somebody else. God doesn't have a plan for me, little old me. What a stinking lie straight from the pit of hell. If you are a Christian, God has a, I mean, even if you're not a Christian, he designed us before we were ever, I mean, designed a plan for us even before we were born. I believe there's all kinds of, of people who die, go straight to hell. But God had a plan for their lives. They just didn't receive it. But what's even sadder is there are a whole bunch of Christians, born-again believers, who also never fulfill their destinies. Don't you want, if the Lord should tarry his coming, for you to be on your deathbed i'll just say it like that having known that you did everything god had called you to do you had run your race well and you had finished 
You had finished your race. You had crossed the finish line. Here I come, Jesus. I'm done. Boy, whiz. Hallelujah. He has a plan for you. And for you to not know what it is, is to be unwise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And let me just say this to you. Part of God's will for your life is found right in the next verse. Because the very next word of chapter 8, verse 18 is, and. How many know that and is a conjunction? Meaning that all that was just said goes with what's fixing to be said. And do not be drunk with wine. That's God's will for your life. Don't get drunk with alcohol. In which is dissipation. You lose restraint. But here's God's will for your life. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Everybody say be filled with the Spirit. Glory to God. Part of understanding what God's will is for our lives is found right here. Be being filled with the Spirit. Can you see that? I can say with complete 100% surety that every Christian is supposed to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe it. I am convinced of it. And it's so sad because there are denominations out there who preach against it. Isn't that, I mean, that's just like, to me, that's being so deceived and blinded by the devil to preach against what's in the Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you don't want to accept it or receive it for yourself, shut up then. Don't try to discourage others to get something that God has for us. It is a gift from God. And like I said it, If it's a gift from God, I want it. I want everything that he's done for me. I want to take full advantage of everything that Jesus redemptive work. That's how I know I bring him glory and honor. Amen. Praise be Jesus. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. Are you a believer? How many believers, uh, this time I want a show of hands. How many believers are out here? If you're a believer, raise your hand around the room is everybody raising their hand everybody's raised their hand praise God we're all believers guess what you qualify you qualify to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit you qualify to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's it that's the only prerequisite is being born again glory to God I heard it said this way years ago and I wrote this in my Bible I want you to if you're taking notes you need to write this down okay It goes like this. The new birth is God's introduction of his life and nature to the sinner. Did you hear that? The new birth is God's introduction of his life and nature to the sinner. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is God's introduction of his supernatural power to his children. Amen. So we're called to be being filled with the Spirit. Does everybody agree with me on that? It's supposed to be an ongoing, never-ending experience. But unfortunately for most Christians, it's not. (laughs) And I am convinced this is the main reason so many Christians still have issues with their flesh after getting born again and filled with the Spirit. 
I'm convinced of it. They don't continue to stay filled with the Spirit. They think they can continue to live off of what they received a year ago, a month ago, even last week. And that that will be sufficient to enable them to overcome the challenges of life and to keep their flesh under. But that's simply not true, guys. I said, it's not true. We live in a fallen world. I said, we live in a fallen world. And we have a very real enemy who's out to kill, steal, and destroy. Do you know that's true? And if, and, and I brought this out last week, our bodies, our flesh, wants to do what's contrary to our hearts. Our flesh fights us. And I don't care who you are in this room today. I don't care how spiritual you are. I guarantee you, sometime today, you're going to cater to your flesh. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Did you get up this morning and feed your flesh? Probably everybody. Did, did anybody eat breakfast besides me? You didn't eat breakfast? Wes. <laughs> anyway. The bottom line is this. If we continue to cater to our flesh, our flesh is going to go stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. We have got to do what's necessary to keep our flesh under. To make our flesh understand our flesh is not going to tell me, my spirit man, what we're going to do. I'm going to tell my flesh what it's going to do. I am not going to watch TV today. I'm going to go, I am going to go spend time with the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible tells us very clearly in this, this verse that we're to be filled with the Spirit. And not just once, but over and over again. And by staying filled with the Spirit, that's when we'll be able to keep our flesh under and overcome the challenges we'll face in this life. Everybody say, I'm going to live a life of being filled with the Spirit. Now, I know some people like to argue and, and, and say that they already have the Spirit of God living in them after they got born again. So there's no reason for them to have to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I remember listening to a, uh, a particular minister on the radio one day. And this, uh, this minister obviously is not spirit-filled. I've always enjoyed reading his books. But he made this statement about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've already got the Holy Spirit. I don't need more of him. And when he made that comment, it just kind of immediately, it was like something, a major check in my heart. A major check in my heart. Friends, listen to me. Is it true that once you get born again, the Spirit of God comes to live inside of you. Absolutely. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. He comes in us. But although that is a glorious truth, that we have the Holy Ghost living in us, and greater is He that is in us than He that is eternally defeated in this world. Hallelujah. However, that's not the same as being filled with the Spirit. 
Being filled with the Spirit is talking about another experience after getting born again where Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. And another way to say it is that when you get born again, the Spirit of God comes within you. And when you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God comes upon you. Remember what Acts 1.8 says? It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So all of us who have been born again and filled with the Holy Spirit now have the Spirit within us and the Spirit upon us. Now, why do you think God wants us to be filled with the Spirit and to continue being filled with the Spirit? This is the part I really want you to pay attention to. We've got to understand that there are so many other things out there in this world striving for your attention. Some of which aren't necessarily bad. Did you know the Bible tells us to get rid of the sins that so easily ensnare us? You know the Bible says that? It's getting rid of the bad things. But did you know the Bible continues to say, and to lay aside every weight? To lay aside every weight? That's the not necessarily so bad things. Uh, 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 that commands too much of your attention and takes your focus off of God and living sold out to Him. It's what I was trying to say this, uh, this morning before we entered into praise and worship. Too many of us are distracted by the things in this world. Too many of us get our focus off of Jesus and on the things of this world. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a nice place to live in, to to dress nice, to have nice clothes. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a nice vehicle. We got a new vehicle coming in on Tuesday. Glory to God. I believe we we deserve having a new vehicle since we haven't had one since 2008. Praise you, Jesus. I want you to know, can I just share this with you? When we, when we've been looking, we've been investigating, we've been, you know, trying to go, we've been going back and forth. What do we want? Blah, blah, blah. Son wanted me to get a pickup truck. And I looked at some of them, but my heart has always been for a nice SUV. I like those SUVs. You know, they're mid-sized. They're not real big, but they're still big enough, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, uh, you know, there's a lot of SUVs out there. And we had a particular, uh, I remember a particular salesman was talking to me. And he says, yeah, you can pretty much go out there. And whatever name brand you like, Ford, Chevy, Hyundai, Toyota, whatever, you can find a sports utility vehicle that's going to be relatively the same as the others that are out there. How many know that's not true? There is quality out there. And so as we began to look, I began to talk with different ones. And I began to, as I'm investigating, we narrowed it down to two types. First, I was kind of looking at the Nissan. Now, what are you? The Murano. I, I, I kind of liked the way the Murano looked and everything. And then I was going, eh, I don't know about that one. Then I was looking at the Hyundai. We've had a Hyundai Entourage for, since 2008. <laughs> and it's been a really good vehicle for us. The Golden Bullet. But anyway, that was my man way of getting 
over the fact that I was driving a minivan. But anyway, <laughs> so we, you know, we began to look at different, and we narrowed it down to Subaru and Toyota. Why? Because we knew that they make quality vehicles. Their resale value is second to none. And so anyway, as we're looking, I really, really, really started to be drawn toward a Toyota, a Toyota 4Runner. Has anybody ever seen a Toyota 4Runner? You know what I'm talking about. Very nice vehicles. And so as I, you know, we're, 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 we're conversing and talking with one another, and, 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 you know, she goes, okay, we'll believe for that. We're going to believe for a Toyota 4Runner. But there was, I, I started looking around and everything else, and there was nothing out there as far as the kind that we, as far as the color. I, I'm thinking, well, God, you want us to have what we want in our hearts. So as I'm investigating and I'm looking and everything else, I find the, I mean, a Toyota 4Runner, that's, it, it, it's a 2016, so it's not exactly brand new, but it only has 13,000 miles on it. And it is the exact color that we wanted. Glory to God. And so we've gone through all the different things and so forth and so on. Praise God, it arrives Tuesday. And, and, and I'll say this to you. I'm saying this in faith. I call it fully paid for. Now, I, I, we've gone and we've done our budget and we figured out we can make payments on it and that's fine. If God wants us to do it that way, he'll bring in the money and we'll do it that way. I don't care how he does it. But the bottom line is this. As we were, in fact, I was doing it at the men's meeting. Remember that? All of a sudden, I was like, the Lord reminded me of the fact that we had sown a car into somebody else's life not too long ago, probably about how many years ago? Three years ago? Two years ago? We had blessed somebody with another vehicle. And so, and the Lord reminded me that the Bible says you'll give back 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. Well, 30-fold of what we gave is over $60,000 because the car we gave was probably around 2000 something like that, $2,000 that we gave to somebody else, just gave it to them. So anyway, I said all that to say, I know our car is fully paid for. Ha! I'm standing before you right now. I call it paid for in Jesus' name. You might say, Pastor Dan, is it really paid for? You have to make payments. I'm having to make payments right now, but by faith, it's paid for. Ha! I got, I got, you come to my office. If you don't believe me, come into my office. I got the picture of the, the Toyota 4Runner we got. It's got the picture up there. I said, my wife and I came into agreement on this date, and we call this vehicle pay, fully paid for in Jesus' name. And we got the scriptures up there, and then the Lord reminded me, and I put that up there. We sowed the seed. We called our harvest in. I practice what I is preaching. How did I get off on this? But there you go. I'd let you know. Because come next Sunday, when I'm pulling up in my new Toyota 4Runner, I'm going to sit out there and preach from the Toyota. Hey! <laughs> See me, I, it, it, to me, it's pastorally. I'm going to be looking, yeah, I'm a pastor. Woo, hallelujah. God is good. And God wants that for each of you. God wants that for each of you. He is faithful. Boy, I sure did get off of my message, didn't I? But that's okay. I want, I want to show you how good God is. To find us the exact, the exact one we wanted. It's, it's metallic, uh, uh, for black, lack of a better way of saying it, metallic blue. Very, very dark blue, dark blue, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I like it a lot. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
We serve a good God. How many know we serve a good God? How many know we serve a good God? Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. Where am I at? Praise you, Jesus. I, boy, I've gotten to page two. Thank you, Jesus. So we're talking about the fact that if you're born again and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you not only have the Spirit within you, you now have the Holy Spirit on you. Think about that. Isn't that awesome? So why does God want us to continue to be filled up? Because there's a lot of things in this world that are driving, are, are, are striving to get your attention. There are a lot of things that are trying to get your attention off of, of Jesus Christ. We're called to put our our, our trust in him. We're called to seek first his kingdom. We're called to, to, to seek after Jesus and those things above. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, again, I understand we live in this world. But if those things become more important to you than living for him, then you've got your priorities out of whack. I said you got your priorities out of whack. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Boy, I tell you what. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're supposed to lay aside every sin that would ensnare us. And we're, uh, we're supposed to get rid of the sins that so easily ensnare us and lay aside every weight. Again, those are not things that are necessarily bad. But if they begin to consume you, it's bad. And you've got to be willing to lay it down. Say, God, I don't need this in my life. If you don't want me to do this, I, if you don't want me to, to I, I had to make a decision where the news is concerned. And I'm even trying to do it even more because of all that's going on right now. Because, see, if I start to watch what, 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 what's going on right now, I get my dander gets stirred up. In my mind, I envision myself finding this guy in the back alleyway and saying, hey, look, let me, never mind. <laughs> see what you made me do, Ron? <laughs> And my, my, my point is, I have to lay that aside. It's not evil to watch the news. Okay, sometimes it is, but anyway. You understand how I'm saying this? If it becomes a distraction to me, if it's stealing my peace and my joy, should I continue to do it anyway? I should lay it aside. I should put it down. I'm not saying you have to go through life ignorant of what's going on. But my wife was telling me that Smith Wigglesworth, Lester, you know who Lester... The devil molester Summerall is. He's since of gone, has gone home to be the Lord. But he actually got to have the opportunity to go and, and meet with Smith Wigglesworth. And he said he walked into Smith Wigglesworth's office or home or whatever. He had a newspaper under his arm. He looked at him and said, Smith Wigglesworth said to him, you can come into my house, but leave that trash outside. He didn't want to have anything to do with that kind of stuff. Did Smith Wigglesworth... What, I say it this way, was Smith Wigglesworth, was he mightily used by God? How many people did he raise the bed? Like 23, 26, 27, something like that? How many of you have raised anybody from the dead? I'm still working on my first one. So he was mightily used of God. He had his focus where it was supposed to be on, on Jesus Christ. He only had a third education. He wasn't, I mean, he, he couldn't, he had, he would write letters to people. And he had one guy said to him, do you know in that one letter you spelt Holy Spirit different, six different ways? And do you know what Smith Wigglesworth said? But did you get what it said? <laughs> Hear me. 
I want to be used like that. You should want to have that desire to be used by God. But you're going to have to get your focus off of things that are distracting you. Again, I'm not saying it's wrong for you to enjoy fly fishing. Or, or to, to go snow skiing. Or to go, uh, what is it called? Uh, snowboarding, thank you. Or, 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 you know, whatever the case. There's nothing wrong with those kinds of things. There's nothing wrong with haunting. But if those things begin to consume your life, where you're putting more attention into that than you are into Him, then I'm telling you right now, your priorities are out of whack. And if you're living your life that way, there's no way you're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. Just smile real big. How many know that the Spirit of God loves you? How many know that the Spirit of God knows exactly what you need? I have taken this message to heart. Because this message is something God has been ministering to me for over the past year. You have been crying out, Pastor Dan, for more miracles and signs and wonders. I'm giving you your answer right here. Pray in the Spirit. Spend more time with me. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Spend more time with me. Do you want this? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, what ends up happening is those things will begin to crowd, crowd out God from your life. I've seen this happen. I'm thinking of one individual right now. It's nobody in this room. I'm thinking of this one individual who has been going through a lot of challenges lately. And if I could talk to this individual and this person would listen to me, I could tell you the reason why. It's because this person is not spending enough time with Jesus Christ. They're not spending the amount of, same amount of time or even more time with the Lord as they were a year ago. And if you find this happening in your life, you're going to find yourself becoming dry, dry, dry. Do you want to go through life like that? Do you want to try to face the challenges that are going to come uh, in your life? So you'll, you'll become dry and you'll become unresponsive to the Spirit of God, even though He's still in you. And even if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, He still rests on you. Can you see why? God is so adamant about us being filled with the Spirit. Everybody in here, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, should be praying in the Spirit every day. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, want, I got a question for you, and I'll, I'll close with this because I want to do my illustration. Whose responsibility is it to get filled and stay filled with the Spirit of God? Whose responsibility? It's up to you and it's up to me. In other words, we are the ones to determine how full of the Spirit we are. Could you guys bring me that table up here? See, she didn't need that phone anymore. She just dropped it, threw it down, said, I don't need this anymore. No. <laughs> okay, that's good right there. Thank you. So I brought this as an illustration to you. We can be three-quarters of the way full. We can be half full. We can be quarter of the way full. We can be empty. It's up to us. You're the one who determines this.
as you start to drink of the Spirit, you see yourself and you just keep drinking. Now, what ends up happening is some people, they get filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe when you first get filled with the Holy Ghost, boy, you're full. But then life happens. You go through life. And you're not, you're not praying in the Holy Ghost as much. And all of a sudden, what you don't understand is it starts to, it's not that the Holy Spirit's leaving you. It's just that you're no longer full of Him. And so you find yourself pretty soon facing all the life's challenges, running on empty. And you wonder why you struggle. And you wonder why you're being uh, a challenge so greatly, not, not overcoming like you used to do. Because you're not staying full of the Holy Ghost. I said you're not staying full of the Holy Ghost. You're not staying filled with the Spirit of God. So what do you do? Drink. Everybody say drink. You start to drink of the Spirit. You start to speak with other tongues. You start to have more intimacy with God. You go back to when you first got filled with the Holy Ghost. You begin to stir it up again, stir it up again, stir it up again, stir it up again. To finally, God wants you flowing it flowing out of your life. God wants it. Listen, you know the Bible calls it in John 7, 38, rivers. Jesus called it rivers of living water. I understand that sometimes when you first start out, the river ain't flowing real strong. But as you continue at it, the river begins to flow stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger till it reaches flood stage. And the Spirit of God is just spilling out of you. See, that's when you're positioned to be used by God to do the miraculous. You have to make this decision. You're the one that's going to have to do this. Not me, not Pastor Joe, not your mama, not your daddy, not your sister, not your brother, not your spouse, not your best friend, not anybody but you are going to have to make this quality decision. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to stay filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to continue. And I can tell you with 100% certainty, the more I yield to this, I find myself praying in the Holy Ghost throughout my day. I, find, I told you the other day, I was watching a football game, praying in the Spirit. Can you do You can pray in the Holy Ghost, putting the dishes up. You can pray in the Holy Ghost, taking a shower. You can pray in the Holy Ghost, going to the bathroom. I know that might sound strange, but I'm just trying to show you it doesn't matter. You could be praying in the Holy Ghost throughout your day. Stay full of Him. You want to stay full of the Spirit. You need to stay full of the Spirit. Everything's going to be pulling on you. Trying to get you to go this direction or that direction. Trying to get you to go give in to your flesh. Cater to your flesh. You friends, I'm going to tell you something. You keep giving it into your flesh, you're going to find yourself entering into sin. Did you hear what I said? And what is the wages of sin? Death. Oh, it may not happen right away. But as you continue to sin, you're living a lifestyle of sin. Death is at the door. You got the Bible on it. Thank God for the blood. I said, thank God for the blood. I am not here to condemn anybody. But I want all of us in this room to get a hold of this. The, first of all, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you. If you are a child of God. It is not for a select few. It is not just for those who are holy. It's a gift from God. 
made available to us because of Jesus Christ, what he's done for us. And if you will receive it and begin to speak with other tongues, I guarantee you your life will change forever. I've seen it happen in too many people's lives. I've seen it happen in my life. And that's why your pastor has made a decision that this year I'm going to spend more time praying in the Spirit. I want it. I want it. I said, I want it. I want it. How about you? Here's the key. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. Quality time. I said quality time. Your choice. I can't make it for you, but I guarantee you I can stand here on the authority of God's word and tell you that if you'll do this, your life, the challenges will still be there, but how many know it's a whole lot different facing challenges in life when you are running on empty than when you are overflowing with the spirit of God. He'll give you the answers. He'll, He'll enable you to overcome He'll get you through to the other side in ways you could even begin to imagine. He wants it for you. He wants it for everyone in this room. Be being filled with the Spirit. Did you get something out of this today? I know I got off on all kinds of stuff, but that's okay because I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And I believe that God's leading me to say the things I'm saying. How about that? Boosh. I want it for everybody in here. You need to be praying for me. You know, you, you, when you pray for your pastor... You may not know what to pray for me. You may not know what I'm going through. You don't know what my struggles are. But you can lift me to, the, to God and say, God, I know you know what he's doing, going through. I know what his struggles, you know what his struggles are. So I'm going to lift them to you right now, and I'm going to ask your Holy Spirit to join with me and help me to pray for Pastor Dan. And as you begin to pray for me in the Spirit, who's giving you the utterance? Spirit of God. And that means you're praying the perfect will of God for your pastor. And see, that's not just for your pastor. That's for your family. That's for your family. I thank God I have, I know my wife prays for me. I'm so grateful. I had a mama who prayed for me. Now I got a good mama that prayed for me. She's the problem mama of my kids. But anyway, (laughs) praise Jesus. We need to be praying for one another. I don't know what you go through through the week. I don't see the majority of you until we come together on Sunday morning. Some of you on Friday night. I don't know what challenges you're facing. God does. If I would take the time and lift you to the Lord and begin to pray in the spirit, I know I'm praying the perfect will for you. And there will be times as your pastor that God might show me something that you're going through and he he will want me to speak a word to you. But the thing is, I want to be so sensitive to him. I want to be flowing with him. Be led. How many of you want to be led by the Spirit? Seriously. I want to be led by the Spirit every day. And everything I say, everything I do, I want to be led by the Spirit. That will happen if I'm staying full of the Spirit. Amen. How many believe this is important for us? I... I'm, I'm, we're family I, I just want to know and I please be honest I'm not trying to put you on the spot I know we're all born again but how many people in here are not filled with the Holy Ghost yet one two three four 
four of you, approximately. Listen to me. For those four who raised your hand, you need to know that this is a gift from God for you. I want you to leave from here, just say, saying it for you. This is a gift from God for me. This is a gift from God for me. For me. It's available for me. I want you to begin. It, it, it has nothing to do with how good you are. We don't receive anything from God based upon how good we are. I mean, no, that's true. We receive from God based upon what Jesus has already done for us. And he's made this gift available to you and me. It's available to you and me. Now, there might be others in here who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You spoke with tongues, but you have not been speaking in other tongues lately. And so we're going to, I'm not saying we're going to do this right now, but we're going to do, I am going to take the time in this, during this study, we're going to start to learn about the benefits of praying in the Spirit. We're going to talk about how to be filled with the Spirit, and then we're going to lay hands on people to be filled with the Spirit. And I, can I just say this by faith? I'm expecting every single one of you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Every single one of you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I, when I have prayed with people to get, and I'm not, this is not bragging on me, the, the vast majority, I would say 99.5% of the people I've laid hands on got filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, this is part of the gifting God's placed in my life. And so I want you, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, first of all, to get the revelation, it's a gift from God for you. And then as we begin to teach on it, as we begin to study this, just say, God, I see that. I, I expect it for me. I see it in your word, Lord. I know it's for me. That's building your faith up. That's building your faith up. And then when it comes time to come up and get, receive it, boosh, Spirit of God will come all over you. And you'll just yield to it and just begin to flow out of you. Hallelujah. And then watch out, world, here you come. Holy Ghost filled believers. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've always wanted to get a shirt and just rip it off and have a big F on it. Faith, man. <laughs> you like that, Nick? <laughs> oh, you went skiing? Somebody saw? That's awesome. That's about more than I can do on skis. Anyway, I go more down than go up. <laughs> Anyway, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's close our eyes just real quickly. You know, again, I'm so thankful that we're family. I believe we're all Christians. I know we're Christians in here. But I know that some of you guys struggle week to week. You do things that you feel like don't matter.